Hey, everybody, welcome to the Marathon Church Podcast. I am your host, Craig Henson, and I'm so happy to be joined today by production director Jacob Hammond. What's up? Worship Pastor Spencer Zook. Hey, what's going on? And Executive Pastor Brian Cox. Hello. How are you, Craig? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing today? Oh, good. So good. Everybody's doing good. Yes. Hey, so much exciting stuff going on here at Marathon Church and uh, lots of new ministry springing up. We talked a little bit about that. And uh, I had the honor on Sunday of starting a new series called... You want me to tell you? <laughs> What's it called, Craig? Edit, edit uh, moment, look at the notes. Bystander. Yeah. That's, what it's called. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. I started a new series called Bystander, and I had the privilege of talking about the wedding at Cana when Jesus turned water into wine. And uh, it's such an interesting account that John gives us. And we talked a lot about what John's objective was in writing that that he wrote about signs that pointed to Jesus, and this was the first one. And there's just so many layers to this account, and uh, we could we literally could do an entire series just on the wedding at Cana. Yeah, I thought you did an amazing job. Dude, it was um, a great yeah. message. It was. Uh, you took a couple of shots, though. <laughs> yeah, I took um, offense to, let, to let the me Baptist just go ahead joke, and just, man. I grew up Baptist. Just, well, yeah, yeah that too. was one, uh, but one I was really offended by. We just go ahead and open the can right okay. here. Okay, all right, podcast. here we go. Um, you talked about the Gamecocks <laughs> a little bit. I did. And, um, I knew it. Yeah, he, he. what was it you said? I, we, I said, if I tell you that South Carolina's going to be good at football this year, you're going to say, well, I hope so, because you don't have a lot of evidence to base that belief on. <laughs> oh, I mean, wow. is he wrong? Um, I mean, I try not to lie when I teach. No, you make a good point, but, you know, we don't know what Clemson's going to be either. I mean, have you – I mean, they lost their their star, you know. It's true, but uh, they have a little bit of history to back it up. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not rooting against them, you know. No. Brenda, your wife Brenda, who's the biggest Gamecock fan that I know, yeah, she's a, she alumni. forgave me because yeah. she's, she thought the analogy was perfect for the point I was trying to make. Yeah, I thought it was really about good. About faith and belief. I just thought it'd be fun to bring up. And, yeah. Uh, so yeah, evidence is, I'm not sensitive, Spencer. I, I, tell this, I tell everybody this all the time, so I'm not from around here. That's right. I root for South Carolina, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, who am I going to root for in the SEC? Florida? Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. Have, yeah. Who would root for Florida, right? Okay, guys. Yeah. Gator Nation's everywhere. I right? know it. But evidence is that's a good that's a good way to do it. I thought it was excellent, actually. Yeah, and the point I was getting to is that that John believed in Jesus because of what he saw. He saw that there there was evidence, and then he realized that we weren't going to get to see it, and so he wanted to document it for us. Literally, build a case so that we would believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And so that's kind of the setup for the entire series. And the first sign that he brought into it was was turning water to wine. Yeah, and that's where you – know, is it real wine? That's the question I got asked. So when I was a kid growing up in a Baptist <laughs> church, it was not real wine. It was not. Really? Okay. They tried to convince us it was just like the best grape juice ever. Was was this in like the kids' ministry or youth ministry? <laughs> no, or was this, it this an was, adult service? This was an adult service. This was wow. This was preachers trying to convince us that Jesus didn't drink wine. Okay. Mm. Uh oh. Because in, when I made it, I made a joke about it on Sunday. Yes, I did about you know 
When you run out of wine, it's a disaster. Unless you grew up Baptist, then it's not. But, <laughs> but uh, I mean, we... We I were, did grow up Baptist, so I can relate. Yeah, I grew up Baptist Same. as well, yeah. independent Baptist, no well, <laughs> no, no less. And so we weren't allowed to, you know, drink alcohol at any time under any circumstances. Yeah. And so we we wanted to try to convince people that Jesus didn't either. Yeah. But we're, we've been enlightened. Yeah. We, yeah. So I that guess that's really saying the... <laughs> confirming that it was real wine. Yeah. I believe it was. Yes. I believe it was too. Yeah. I, I believe that's what he would have made. Yes. Yeah. It, I mean, it doesn't make yeah. any sense. It says he, he made wine. wine. Exactly. So. Well, that, and I think Craig was saying sometime this week when we were talking about the message, there's actual proof for it, right? But like so far as like... That it, that it was wine. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, like, <laughs> put him on the spot. You, no, no, you were saying something about like they found like old wineskins or something from that time. No, I, I think, you know, there's so many references to wine. Yeah. Uh, in the scripture and and to wineskins and new wineskins and old old wineskins and all that stuff and so I, it's very apparent i mean they, yeah. they didn't have refrigeration yeah so everything was fermenting yeah uh, every true. everything true. that they ate Good was one, literally Craig. dying <laughs> Good one. <laughs> you know we we pointed out that you know if you ran out of wine at a wedding in that culture it was bad news and one of the things i focused on too was how much detail john gives us in the account yeah, because the master of ceremony says you you save the good stuff for last. Yeah. You save the best till now, and we talked about how you know at usually they didn't break out the boxed wine until the fourth or fifth day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> save the boxed wine, yeah, yeah. It was it was good. That was yeah. Good. I enjoyed I enjoyed the message a lot, man. It was awesome. What's on? Cool. These um uh these messages are really intended to lead us up to Easter, so. For three or four weeks, we're going to focus on some of the miracles that Jesus did from John's perspective because they were signs. They were pointing to him as Messiah. And ultimately, we're going to arrive at Easter with the ultimate miracle, the greatest miracle of all, the resurrection of Jesus. And so that's kind of where we're headed. And I think it's an exciting time. And hopefully, uh, our people are going to be enriched, but hopefully, they're going to be bringing some guests with them too that are going to. Yeah. maybe discover or rediscover who Jesus is. Yeah, I think something you challenged me to, and, it, and it's, you know, when you talk about faith, you were really hitting the button there. Uh, we were, how do I say this? Um, I could feel the tension in the room when you were saying we all grew up, maybe somebody telling us how to believe. You just got to have faith. That's a song, isn't it? Yeah, Some, faith, something faith. like that. I'm sorry, that's an old '80s song. <laughs> Probably those, shouldn't those have are the best that kind. was the wrong song. But you know, you talk, and I thought about that. You know, growing up, that I'm not saying it's necessarily bad, but that's how we based our beliefs was also how much faith you had. Yeah. You know, and you challenged that a little bit. That John, he didn't have that. He had to base it off of what he saw. The evidence he saw in front of him and the sign. I love how you tied in the signs mm-hmm. at the end. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. But. No, that and that's. I think we've always heard, oh, you just have to believe. You just have to have more faith. Yeah, and and we haven't really done the hard work of of presenting the evidence for Jesus. Yeah, and there's plenty of it. And uh, I had this great uh, oh, quote yeah. that I ran a across from Frank Turek, who is an apologist and speaks on college campuses and stuff. He said, the reason so many people are easily talked out of Christianity is because they were never talked into it in the first place. 
And it's crazy because we we all know people, and there's even been some high-profile people who have walked away from their faith. Yeah. And uh, there there's a reason that, that they've done that. And I think that's a big part of it is that, that we haven't focused on the signs and, and that the Scripture was given for a reason. I mean, all of the Old Testament, from, from a, a modern-day follower of Jesus' perspective, all of the Old Testament, its only purpose is to point us to Jesus. And we, I hate to say this, but we almost, we worship the Bible more than we worship Jesus sometimes. Mm. We worship the idea of studying the Bible more than the one who all of it points to. Yeah. And we have to help people with that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like knowledge is powerful, um, but I see a lot of people um, in the church world and like Christians, you know, you talk about the people that are turning away from their faith. They put more... Um, you know, just more weight into how much knowledge and understanding they have about something rather than just knowing who Jesus is, knowing what he's done. So I don't know, that's powerful. And I'll say too, like a lot of, a lot of people grow up in church, especially around our area in the Bible Belt. And so, um, you know, they have, they kind of grow up in church and they kind of have like their parents' beliefs and that sort of thing. Um, But kind of what you were talking about, once they experience God for themselves and they see personal evidence of how God has moved in their life, I feel like the relationship changes. For sure. It's kind of a new level. Um, so, yeah, I think that kind of helps us have faith and believe whenever we have personal experience and relationship with God. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we made a, a big deal of the point that, that John and the other disciples believed because of what they saw. And when you when you read the four accounts of Jesus' life, you see them believe and then not believe. They're sure, then they're not so sure. They're convinced, then they're unconvinced. Uh, they follow, then they don't follow. And uh, and and so he just kept delivering these signs. And the purpose of every sign was to show that he was the Messiah, the Son of God. And and that's I think sometimes we don't focus enough on those signs. And that's again that's what we're going to try to do in this series. We're focusing on these signs, on this evidence, if you will that points to Jesus as the savior. And uh, I, I think it's a, it's a really, it's a great time for this. I think the, the need for apologetics is stronger than ever of, of not just being able to defend the scripture, uh, but to, to build a case for people mm-hmm. to, to find and follow Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, one of the questions we talked about in the life group last night was like, do you think it would be easier for people to believe um, when they were eyewitnesses of Jesus miracles or in today's world, you know, where we have all the evidence and signs, but we don't get to physically see it. Mm. Um, and we kind of had a, a pretty sweet discussion off of that. What, but what was, do you guys what was think? The, what was the conclusion? Um, well, was I feel like it's honestly like it's equally as hard because I mean, look at Jesus disciples. Like you have Peter who like still denied, <laughs> yeah, you know, Jesus at the end of it. And like, you know, there was just so much, even though people were seeing it firsthand, there was still so much uh, just evilness and the enemy was so against it and trying to turn people away. And, um, you know, even though, like, I, I think it's the same in today's world where we have so many things around us, but like, we don't pay attention to it all the time. So I don't know, it's equally as hard. What do you guys think? I would say for me, I don't know, anytime I see something in person, it's undeniable. Right. Like there, there's at least something going on, even if like, you know, obviously Jesus's miracles were, 
were real, but even if it's like magicians or something doing something, there's something going on to cause this to happen, you know, no matter what it is. So, you know, there's a little bit of more belief in that something is going on, whereas if, like, all you have is someone else's word, then it's a little tougher. It's like, you know, you have to believe and trust that person, um, which we do because we believe that the Bible, the Bible is infallible and right. that sort of thing. I'm, I'm trying to put myself in that place. If somebody came on the site today and mm-hmm. turned water into wine, <laughs> and I yeah. got to taste that for myself, that would that would be pretty, you know, amazing yeah. to experience what was happening. Uh, but then I think it also it it can create a doubt that they're tricking me in some way. Right. Or, sure. or this is yeah. not of God. Yeah. This is yeah. something else. Well, you know, so I think I think it can be even harder to believe. Maybe, yeah. Even seeing because you feel like it's it's somebody we can't comprehend. It. Yeah, yeah, you can't. I mean, imagine you know when he raises Lazarus. I mean, that mm-hmm. I think they believe when they saw. Yeah, that. right. You know, that's one you can't get away from. But yeah, because he stunk. Yeah, yeah. They're like, <laughs> yeah, we know. Yeah, yeah. Um, they knew he was dead. Yeah, but when you, I bet when they told that story, none of their friends were like, well, yeah, yeah, whatever. That wasn't really him. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Well, and I'll say this too. I think there's something different whenever God works and you experience that firsthand. Like mm-hmm. here, you know, we've prayed for people and seen um, cancer just disappear and yeah. all kinds of crazy miracles and stuff and, you know, stuff that God is doing, um, you know, just. Uh, through us praying for those people and that sort of thing. And so, um, but for me, it's always been different um, whenever something like that happens and you can you can physically say, like, there's no way that this happened in any other form or fashion other than God doing it. Yeah. So, I don't know. For that, for me. Yeah, some things are obvious that, that yeah. God's involved. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been in those places those yeah. times. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's why John felt like I need to write it down because yeah. you won't you won't believe it. But this is what really right. happened. <laughs> yeah. One of the one of the things the interesting things about the account that we focused on a little bit was Jesus' relationship with his mother. Oh and, yeah. Because uh, yeah. yeah. apparently she, she, more than likely, she was a friend of the family and was helping with preparations. And we joked a little bit about her having a side hustle as a wedding coordinator, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The bottom line is, you know, she knew where to go in a crisis, and it is a crisis. And we talked a little bit about the dynamic between the two of them and maybe what it was like to raise him and, and, and how much she knew about Jesus at that point. But she doesn't ever ask him to make wine. She just tells him they're out yeah, right. <laughs> and, and, and tells the servants, do whatever he tells you to do, and she just walks away. And it's just an, an amazing dynamic. Yeah, you know, she knew he'd figure it out. <laughs> yeah, he, she knew he, yeah. You know, he was going to do something. I don't yeah. even know if she knew what he was going to do. But What do you think about what he said to her? About my time has not yet come. Yeah, I don't know if did you Why talk you about You mean the part me? where he said, woman? Yeah, yeah. I love that. You went, woman? He probably didn't say it like that. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, but that's was, how we read it. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah like, for sure. Woman? Woman? What's yeah, that's, doing? How, that's the way we talk like nowadays. with an attitude. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a lot more formal than that. Um, he wasn't even like, mom. I mean, seriously. Right. Yeah, it's interesting because, and we talked a little bit about this at lunch, because he's fully God and fully man. And so he is he is all knowing. Um 
so he knew it was going to start there, but he's like, this isn't really how it was supposed to start. And so I, you guys notice I didn't really talk a lot about that because yeah. I don't really know what to do with that. Yeah. Because yeah. he knows, but but yet he's saying, this isn't really how I had it planned. But then mm. when, when he decides, whenever that happens, before the foundation of the world, he decides that, okay, I... I can turn this into a sign. I can make this relevant, uh, and I can make this point to the Messiah. And that's where the water pots, you know, that were used for their ceremonial washing. That's when all of that comes into play. Yeah, I bet it. Uh, I bet it throws all the the predestination people on. Uh, I bet it throws them for <laughs> <Yeah>. a week. <laughs> a whole uh, other podcast. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty. I thought it was incredible. Like. Just obviously, like I've read that story before, but there's so many things stuck out, and that, like, that's one of them that, you know, Jesus took something so, like, insignificant, like, you know, this party really didn't matter. It mattered to the family and the people there or whatever, but, like, that's why he's like, why are you involving me in this, you know? But he took something so, like, small and turned it into, like, a sign that was so massive and so, like, uh, just revealing who he was and what he was going to do in the future. Like, it's so crazy. You I would know, like to know what Mary said to him after that. <laughs> I knew you could do it. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Way to go, son. Know. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. His brothers and sisters are there. Because, you know, later on, John says, hey, we kind of all went down and hung out in Capernaum, you know. So, he, I mean, what do, what do his brothers and sisters think at that point? Gosh. It's kind of crazy to think about. I don't even know. I was thinking yeah. about, too, like, how, what did he do? This is the first recorded, like, miracle. So, like, what did he do before it that, like, Mary just knew, hey, we're out of wine, Jesus. Yeah. You know, do something. Paul like, said that he didn't record all of yeah. the miracles. This so is like, yeah, what had they seen before just yeah. to know to go to him and, and to make him do this or ask him to do this? Yeah. I think that's one of the cool things about John's writing, too, is is he's like, I'm I'm going to include the most important things so that you'll you'll know this is I'm building a case you'll so you'll know he's the Messiah, um, and I I almost get the feeling that John's like I'm not going to include some of this stuff because you're just going to go off on a tangent about that and it's not really about that this is what it's about <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah and I love what you said about how this foreshadows um, like the fulfillment the fu- it fulfills the covenant with Israel and stuff like that and I love. Like, if you look back in Old Testament, uh, one time I did this study with a friend of mine, and there's so many old, like, prophecies and even just, like, examples in the Old Testament that set up um, just, like, the prophecy of Christ coming and dying and uh, being risen again. and um, So it's just awesome to see, you know, how throughout really the whole Bible, but specifically this— um, Jesus and God and um, all of these things foreshadow the coming of Christ and uh, his death and resurrection, that sort of thing. You know, I think a lot of times, and I'm, I'm as guilty as anybody else, we we pick and choose and grab Scripture from here and there. And, and sometimes I think we just knew, need the continuity of, yeah. of, like, looking at John's writing, you know, from 30,000 feet yeah. and see his purpose um, so that we'll believe. And because I think a lot of times um, we wouldn't focus on the covenant part of it. We wouldn't focus on, hey, he's, he's, he's showing them 
that this this old these old traditions and this old covenant is going away. And uh, if you don't if you don't look at the big picture, you may miss that part of it. And and it would be great because you would you'd focus on um, his deity, his mm-hmm. power, all of those things. But it was more than that. There was more to it than that. Yeah. And also, too, um, I think it's a question you posed, um, but you said, like, we don't get to see the miracles that Jesus did. So how do we how do we move people from this gener- generation um, and, like, give them faith to believe and that sort of thing? Um, you know, and I think kind of your point, too, it was with sharing these miracles from the Bible. But also, too, I think, um, like, it starts with with a relationship and kind of showing God's love. And then from that point, they see the evidence of how God works in their own life. Um, and I think that gives them faith to believe in that sort of thing. So, um, yeah. No, I, I think that's a great point, too. And I think that um, the days of just throwing Scripture at people are, are long gone. Yeah. Um, I think people are going to find and follow Jesus because um, they know, because we're in a relationship with them, they know that we care about them. We want what's best for them. And that that even filters into what we, we're trying to do as a church. We're trying to create communities that love Jesus, love people, and live on purpose. And and we're trying to create environments and create a church that unchurched people want to attend. And I think that's really important because we're 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 focused on on people who maybe haven't heard the gospel or who haven't really deeply contemplated the gospel and we're trying to get it on their level we're trying yeah. to get them in here and then we're trying to get it on, get it on their level and that's what like you know john sets the example in in this book of like hey this is what i saw this is what i experienced and this is who jesus is like that's what we're supposed to do you share the evidence of what god has done in your your life personally and you share what he's doing in you at you know currently what he's done and what you know the future hope that we have in him and that's what brings people to him you know yeah um, yeah 100 percent. so that's an example i don't know if you guys were doing this I've, I've been in church all my life okay i've been a christian since i was i guess eight years old and i didn't really come to christ by the evidence at first mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i thought about this as you was talking i was looking back over my life and i'm like I came because I went to a youth rally, and I got it was a very emotional thing. And I don't want to downplay it at all. I'm not right. trying yeah. to, but I, I think God was drawing me at that time. I believe that in my heart. Um, but I didn't really stand on. That's hard to stand on an emotional experience sometimes. Yeah, you know we 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 tend to let that be the foundation, when really there's a lot more to it than that. And yeah. I think that was really good for me to see the evidence, to look at it the way we were mm-hmm. talking about the miracle. Why Jesus, you said this, why did he do miracles? Did he just do it because he could and just to be, you know, nice? Yeah, random acts of kindness yeah, or just to that, show off, yeah. That's not why he did it. Right. And I've never really thought about that. I always assumed, I guess I'm, I don't know as much as I think, but... I just assumed that's that Jesus is good. He's going to do good things. But yeah. I, it was more to that. It was it was a sign, like you said. Right. I loved how you pointed back to that. Yeah, because yeah. it was helpful to me. Because we're in church all the time. We're you know we're supposed to be, you know, 
all these religious things. We're supposed to be that. But I don't want my faith to be what people think it should be. I want it to be a foundation of what I believe God is truly is. I don't know if I'm making any sense. No, but, no I yeah, think you are. And I, but I don't want it to be an emotional experience. There's evidence there that God is real, God is good, and He's doing great things in our church and in my life. Yeah, like when yeah that, for sure. You know, when that emotion wears off, yeah. you have the evidence to look at yeah. Yeah. and to say, this well, is who He is. I thought about Lily, my youngest, and she went on the youth trip last year. Mm-hmm. She had a great experience with God. I mean, and, and those things matter. I'm not saying they Absolutely. don't. Yeah. I think it changed her life. But she needs more than that because when she goes to school, her friends don't feel the same way. Right. Yeah. They She goes in places where they don't believe that Jesus is real or our church is good. So she needs things to help her, you know, have that evidence. Let me tell you who God really is. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm getting it's getting real deep here. But, no, this you is know, good. But I think. Helping her see the miracles for what they were mm. and why they were done, why they performed, and why God is still doing them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we realize it, but he is right. still doing that. Yeah. You know. I, I related my experience as a, as a child to a couple of you guys on Sunday, and, and I thought about including it in the message, and I didn't because of time and, and other things. But So my dad was a pastor. And uh, he would be what people back in that day. You know, we were talking about you know the late '60s. Back in that day, he would have been considered what people would say now was a hellfire and brimstone preacher. Yeah. That's yeah. just that's what you did, right? And uh, my dad had started this church in Davenport, Iowa, and we're meeting in the top of this bank building in this uh, conference room, and everybody's in there, kids, everybody. I'm six years old, and I remember my dad preached on hell, and I was scared to death. <laughs> Yeah. And so I went he gave an invitation I went forward. My my mom, you know, opened the Bible, she showed me, you know, how yeah. to, how to accept Jesus and and I did. Um but you know, fast forward 11 years later, I'm 17 years old and I'm like, "What what exactly do I believe?" Yeah. I yeah. I remember I didn't want to go to hell. I remember that part. But but what did I really put my faith in? And so I feel like I really began to be a follower of Jesus at 17, even though when I was yeah. six, I went forward into service. And and to your point, Brian, that was that that was really important for me to go on that journey yeah. and figure out why I believe what I believe. And you'll re- you'll remember Josh McDowell. Yeah, he had he had oh, that yeah. book, uh, Evidence That Demands a Verdict, and mm-hmm. I think that was a a big key in what happened with me. Yeah, you know, well, me it took a little longer. <laughs> no, no, and that's <laughs> I mean I was a little older when I. I actually realized that God was working in my life, you know, and and I ended up in ministry. I don't think because I chose to, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know. But I, I I I think for me being a pastor and all of us in here, you know, we have to help people believe in more than just an emotional way. You know, there's more to it than that. Give them all the tools that we can. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the Bible's key in that. I think understanding it and learning, I think knowledge is important. Um, and I've, I've learned that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I, don't, I don't mean to change the subject, and, yeah. and this is kind of, I think, a little bit pious and cliche, but um, if you choose ministry, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to make it. <laughs> yeah. But if ministry, more specifically, God chases you, yeah. you got a chance. Well, God chased me yeah. down, and I blame mm-hmm. my mom for it. Hey, because she prayed every day that I'd be in ministry. I didn't know this till thirty years later. Mm. And before she went on, she made sure I knew that. And Eddie too. So it's not his fault. 
But, <laughs> it's not Eddie's fault either. But I was going to be in music, you know, and this is a whole other podcast. But um, I just I love that about God. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Well, he that knows, you know, and you can look back on your life and see the evidence of yes, where God moved. Absolutely. Whereas, like in in maybe that time or whatever, you didn't mm. necessarily see God moving. No. But now you know you look back. And you can see the evidence of where God was moving in your life, uh, even through tough times and uh, mm-hmm. great times and that sort of thing. Um, but honestly, I mean, I feel like kind of tying back into what we were talking about, that is where I feel like people's relationship with God is found founded in, is those personal experiences that you cannot deny mm-hmm. that God was moving in your life. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're headed toward Easter. It's yes. uh, it's only a few weeks away now, and uh, like every church, we've got big plans uh, for Easter. Woo, woo. But I think you guys <laughs> would agree that that our main desire is is just to have some people who maybe you know haven't heard or maybe haven't thought about it for a while hear about Jesus and uh, his death and resurrection. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to talk about the miracles all, all the way up till. Well, we got Friday. We're going to do something. Yeah. Good Friday. Good Friday. So, yeah, to break the weekend down a little bit, we are doing um, an online service, Good Friday, where like a communion where you, you know, your family can uh, you know, participate in that with us. But it's going to be all online. We're not meeting in the building or anything like that Friday night. But Sunday morning, we're full on, 930 and 11, um, hoping to pack out the services. Like It's going to be an amazing Fantastic. Um, time. We're going over some creative stuff today and... It's going to be fun to get back and see everybody. Oh, and let me say this. Uh Good Friday, April 2nd, is um, our release date for our Marathon Worship single. So we're also going to be celebrating um, what God's doing through that. Big shout out to Derek in the back there, (laughs) our guitar guy. He's He's standing right behind me. You heard me say that. I said you were awesome on the podcast now. (laughs) (laughs) Now you got to buy me a coffee. (laughs) we, We love him. It's so awesome, man. I'm so excited about what God is doing yeah. here. I appreciate you guys being uh, in for the podcast today. Any uh, other thoughts before we move on? Oh, man. I'm just Thanks pumped for, for having Easter. us, man. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, if you're listening, invite somebody. Get them here. Yeah. Um, April, you know, God uh, changes lives. April 4th. We don't. Yeah. But get them in this building so they can feel his love. Yep. It's going to be good. Yep. Hey, thanks everybody for listening wherever you are. Uh, I hope that you are getting amped up for Easter as well. Thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you next time. See you later.